Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 8, Prayers by Queen Kunti, Text 42. Aime Nanya Vishaya Matir Madhu Bhate Sakrit Ratim Udvahatad Ada Gange Vaugham Udanvati Vai me nanya vishaya Matir madhu pate sakrit Ratim udva haltad adha Gange vaugham udanvati 
Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. <clears throat> o Lord of Madhu, as the Ganges forever flows to the sea without hindrance, let my attraction be com- constantly drawn unto you without being diverted to anyone else. Perfection of pure devotional service is attained when all attention is diverted towards the transcendental loving service of the Lord. To cut off the tie of all other affections does not mean complete negation of the finer elements like affection for someone else. This is not possible. A living being, whoever he may be, must have this feeling of affection for others because this is a symptom of life. The symptom of life, such as desire, anger, hankerings, feelings of attraction, etc., cannot be annihilated. Only the objective has to be changed. Desire cannot be negated But in devotional service, the desire is changed only for the service of the Lord in place of desire for sense gratification. The so-called affection for family, society, country, etc. consists of different phases of sense gratification. When this desire is changed for the satisfaction of the Lord, it is called devotional service. In the Bhagavad Gita, we can see that Arjuna desired not to fight with his brothers and relations just to satisfy his own personal desires. But when he heard the message of the Lord, Srimad Bhagavad Gita, he changed his decision and served the Lord. And for his doing so, he became a famous devotee. For it is declared in all the Scriptures that Arjuna attained spiritual perfection by devotional service to the Lord and friendship. The fighting was there, the friendship was there, Arjuna was there, and Krishna was there. But Arjuna became a different person by devotional service. Therefore, the prayers of Kunti also indicate the same categorical changes in activities. Srimati Kunti wanted to serve the Lord without diversion, and that was her prayer. <clears throat> 
This unalloyed devotion is the ultimate goal of life. Our attention is usually diverted to the service of something which is non-godly or not in the program of the Lord. When the program is changed into the service of the Lord, that is to say, when the senses are purified in relation with the service of the Lord, it is called pure unalloyed devotional service. Srimati Kunti Devi wanted that perfection and prayed for it from the Lord. Her affection for the Pandavas and the Vrishnis is not out of the range of devotional service because the service of the Lord and the service of the devotees are identical. Sometimes service to the devotee is more valuable than the service to the Lord. But here, the affection of Kunti Devi for the Pandavas and the Vrishnis was due to family relation. This tie of affection in terms of material relation is the relation of maya. Because the relations of the body or the mind are due to the influence of the material energy. Relations of the soul established in relation with the supreme soul are factual relations. When Kunti Devi wanted to cut off the family relation, she meant to cut off the relation of the skin. The skin relation is the cause of material bondage. But the relation of the soul is the cause of freedom. This relation of the, of the soul to the soul can be established only by the via medium of the relation with the super soul. Seeing in the darkness is not seeing, but seeing by the light of the sun means to see the sun and everything else which was unseen in the darkness. That is the way of devotional service. I was born in the darkest of ignorance. My spiritual master opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. Because of his unlimited compassion and sacrifice to awaken the sleeping souls in this material world, I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. Verse again. O Lord of Madhu, as the Ganges forever flows to the sea without hindrance, let my attraction be constantly drawn unto you without being diverted to anyone else. So Ananya Vishaya, in the first sentence of this verse, Ananya Vishaya, Ananya means without other, and Vishaya means object. So Vishaya, there's a song by Naratam Das Thakur, Vishaya Charya Se Rase Majya, this is the... Um, Nice song wherein Naratam Das Thakur is. Oh, I have the place. 
So he's praying with tears in his eyes that when will that day come when I can serve Lord Goranga? That he'll be uh, um, naturally attracted to Goranga and chanting his name. Vishaya Charya. When will the mind be completely purified from, uh, here it's translated as material anxieties in the Bengali translation, it's also from material desires. But this vishaya, uh, strictly speaking, is uh, translated as object. In the purport, Prabhupada explains it as sense gratification. Basically, objects of the senses. So we have senses in this body, and when we, uh, when they are connected to the specific object, you know, uh, sense of sight with a form, hearing with sound, um, sense of touch with the object of touch, then that's the object of the senses, the vishaya. So this is a common phrase that Prabhupada used, sense gratification, and it's this vishaya. It's the act of obtaining the object of the material senses. So in this verse, ananya vishaya, without being diverted to any other object, is how unalloyed or pure devotional service is being uh, characterized. In other words, um, pure devotional service is um, free from any other object or goal. The goal itself is to serve Krishna, to please Krishna. So that is the object of one's service. So this phrase is very important. Ananya vishaya, without being diverted. So last, <clears throat> last week we were talking about the progression of devotional service. The devotional service um, is performed through in the modes of nature, devotional service can be performed in the mode of ignorance, passion, goodness, and then ultimately through purification it comes to this unalloyed uh, devotional service. Um, and that level of purified devotional service is um, considered spontaneous devotional service. It's also uh, considered relational in relation to um, Krishna, that Krishna is the object, that the devotional service is done in relation to him. Here we're hearing about Kunti and the Pandavas, and they were in, uh, especially Arjuna in the purport here. Arjuna was serving pure devotional service to Krishna in the mood, in the relationship of friendship. That was the way he related to Krishna and the via medium which he offered his service. So, um, so there are different um, levels um, of devotional service, different limbs of devotional service. So we'll read a little bit about that. Because as we heard last week, devotional service can be done in the modes of nature or um, the purified offering, which we're hearing here, this ananya vishaya without being diverted to any other object. And there's a 
a distinction of indirect devotional service and then direct devotional service where it's done purely in relation to Krishna. So we'll read uh, Srimad Bhagavatam 7, 5, 23, 24 explains... more about what is direct and what is indirect devotional service. So this is a famous verse that Prahlad Maharaj speaks actually to um, his demoniac father, Hiranyakashipu, when he asks him, what is the best thing that you've learned in school? <clears throat> and he says, Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu Smaranam Padasevanam Archanam Badanam Dasyam Sakyam Atman Nivedanam. Hearing and chanting about the transcendental holy name, form, qualities, paraphernalia, and pastimes of Lord Vishnu, remembering them, serving the lotus feet of the Lord, offering the Lord respective worship with 16 types of paraphernalia, offering prayers to the Lord, becoming his servant, considering the Lord one's best friend, and surrendering everything unto him. These nine processes are accepted as pure devotional service. One who has dedicated his life to the service of Krishna through these nine methods should be understood to be a most learned person, for he has acquired complete knowledge. And then Prabhupada goes more into the purport about... um, how this is the direct devotional service. Uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur gives the following explanation. The word shravana refers to giving oral reception to the holy name and descriptions of the Lord's form, qualities, entourage, and pastimes. As explained, Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, and other authorized scriptures. After receiving such message, one should memorize these vibrations and repeat them, kirtanam. Smaranam means trying to understand more and more about the Supreme Lord. And padasevanam means engaging oneself in serving the lotus feet of the Lord according to the time and circumstance. One sincere endeavor to perform these nine processes of devotional service is technically called bhakti. The word adha means directly. And actually we see the same uh, Sanskrit word in today's verse. Udvahata adha. Directly. So adha means directly. One should not be like the karmis who perform highest activities, and then formally offer the results to Krishna. That is karma kanda. That's indirect service, when you offer the result of whatever you want to do, and then you kind of just offer the result to Krishna. That's indirect. One should not aspire for the results of pious activities, but should dedicate oneself fully and then act piously. In other words, one should act for the satisfaction of Lord Vishnu, not for the satisfaction of his own senses. That is the meaning of the word adha, directly.
goes on to give the definition of anya, uh, anya bilashita sunyam. So there's that word again, anya. So today we're hearing ananya vishaya, without other. Rupa Goswami is saying anya bila. So again that anya. Uh, favorable devotional service has no other object. Anya bilashita sunyam. Without other, ananya vishaya. That is the characteristic of direct devotional service or unalloyed devotional service. <clears throat> so Kunti has this intelligence to understand what is direct devotional service. And she's praying in her humility, that please help me attain to this level, because um, she is, um, as Prabhupada is explaining, you know, she she has that tie of affection to the Pandavas, the Vrishnis, her, they are devotees, um, so it's very difficult. We we become attached to to devotees, and actually. <clears throat> There is a difference. In the fourth canto, uh, Kapila Muni does explain to his mother, Devahuti, that the same attachment that we, as Prabhupada is saying in the purport, that we can't negate this as a symptom of life, is to become attached, to become attracted. We don't negate that, um, as the impersonalists do, try to. Um, that's a natural thing. We're just changing it. So Kapila Muni in the fourth canto is also saying that to Devahuti, that that same attachment, when applied to the devotees of the Lord, becomes the source of liberation, becomes the source of uh, purification. So we shouldn't run away from this verse thinking, oh, I have to cut off and just be alone because that's also not conducive for devotional service. Um, even though Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita that whoever at the end of his life quits his body remembering me alone at once attains my nature of this, there is no doubt. Still, it's not to be misunderstood this subtle aspect of cutting the tie of affection that's materially based on, Prabhupada said here, the skin, the relation of the skin. And changing that and putting it more direct to Krishna and and to his devotees. So actually, there's a big difference in the field of material society and devotional society. We know that Prabhupada worked very hard to create this ISKCON society so that we could have association with one another and inspire each other in our devotional service. So, <clears throat> in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, this is nicely um, explained. This is Madhya, uh, this is um, Lord Chaitanya speaking to Sanatan Goswami after he had given up his um, 
working for the government. Sanat Goswami had been working for the government for a while. And then after he had met Lord Chaitanya personally, he was completely sold out to the mission of the the, the cult of Lord Chaitanya. And he he immediately in his heart was trying to figure out how can I get away from working for the Nawab Hussein and join Lord Chaitanya's movement. Um, and he eventually did. He went through quite an ordeal, but he did. And he joined Lord Chaitanya again um, in South India, I believe. So I don't remember where. Um, so when Sanatana Goswami did join him, Lord Chaitanya uh, spent a long time instructing him in the process of devotional service. So this verse is from that conversation. The spiritually powerful message of Godhead can be properly discussed only in a society of devotees, and it is greatly pleasing to the to to hear in the in that association. If one hears from devotees, the way of transcendental experience quickly opens, and gradually one attains firm faith that in due course develops into attraction and devotion. So that is what Kunti is praying for here. Please let my attraction flow to you, Krishna, like the Ganges River, only to you. So how, so Lord Chaitanya is explaining that how do you develop that attraction? You have to hear in the society of devotees. That's the only purpose of the society that was created for us to to discuss these transcendental topics. Where else can we hear these things in the world? We can't. And even if we hear them by ourselves in our room or our small house, our big house, it's not as pleasing as it is. It's not as pleasing to the heart as it is when we are in association with one another. That's what Lord Chaitanya is explaining to Sanat Goswami here. And Prabhupada created this movement only for that purpose. Well, seven purposes. Let's read them. to systematically propagate spiritual knowledge to society at large and to educate all people in the techniques of spiritual life in order to check the imbalance of values in life and to achieve real unity and peace in the world. To propagate consciousness of Krishna as it is revealed in the great scriptures of India, Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam to bring the members of the society together with each other and nearer to Krishna, the prime entity, thus developing the idea within the members and humanity at large that each soul is part and parcel of the quality of Godhead. To teach and encourage the Sankirtan movement, congregational chanting of the holy name of God, as revealed in the teachings of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, to erect for the members and for society at large a holy place of transcendental pastimes dedicated to the personality of Krishna, to bring the members closer together for the purpose of teaching a simpler, more natural way of life, with a view towards achieving the aforementioned purposes to publish and distribute periodicals, magazines, books, and others' writings. 
So these these are the seven purposes of ISKCON as written by Srila Prabhupada in the 1960s. And Lord Chaitanya is explaining to uh, to Sanatana Goswami that uh, actually to hear these messages is more uh, pleasing to the heart when we are together. A Vaishnava should always avoid, and then, okay, so then on the other side, Lord Chaitanya continues, a Vaishnava should always avoid the association of ordinary people. Common people are very much materially attached, especially to women. Vaishnavas should also avoid the company of those who are not devotees of Lord Krishna. Ooh, a heavy one. Oh, devotees, oh, you are... Oh, this is the famous verse that we might all know. Oh, you who are free from all sins... Let me inquire from you about that which is supremely auspicious for all living entities. Association with a pure devotee for even half a moment in this material world is the greatest treasure for human society. So this is that famous verse that we quote all the time. It's uh, in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Yes, uh, Lord, Chait- uh, Lord Chaitanya is instructing um, Sanatana Goswami on the process of devotional service. So just to wrap it up. So um, just just to wrap it up, I'll read the verse again and the major points. O Lord of Madhu, as the Ganges forever flows to the sea without hindrance, let my attraction be constantly drawn unto you without being diverted to anyone else. And we made the point that Ananya Vishaya, the unalloyed devotional service, means that there's no other object of our service that our intention is to have no other object, but Krishna, his pleasure, um, and that devotional service has different levels, different limbs, and that the most direct devotional service is the Shravanam, Kirtam, Vishnu, Smaranam, the nine limbs process, because it's done directly to Krishna. And that um, actually, as we follow Lord Chaitanya and Srila Prabhupada, we actually perform devotional service in the society of devotees. So if there's any uh, comments or questions. So, um, you mentioned that um, two things. The messages of Godhead are more, uh, how would you say, uh, easily digestible when they're heard in the the assembly, assembled devotees, I think something like that you said. And also, at the very end, you made a commentary to the effect about... um, so last thing you said? What was the last thing you said? About devotees doing something together. It always slipped my mind. I read the seven purposes of ISKCON. Seven purposes. Okay, let's start with that. Right, right. 
Okay. Um, uh, let's, no, I'm glad you reminded me of the seven principles. But um, it seems like that's something going around in our society, devotees in different places. Some of them are starting to bring that back to the fore. And I guess in the mood that possibly we're kind of forgetting what is the real purpose and mission of this. Misha Bhagavan Prabhu was given a, a very lengthy discussion about all the things that were launched under Prabhupada's direct auspices. And now over time, someone could become, someone, not us, but someone, could become a little hope, hopeless seeing how some of these things have risen and fallen or what have you, whatever. Um, so my question for you is, uh, we have a very beautiful community right here, obviously. Alachanji, I met Madhuji and her husband came here last night. The Madhuji's from, uh, um, the husband's from Matura, and the Madhuji is from, I can't remember. Where's Kalachanji from? Jaipur, right. The Madhuji is from Jaipur. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I, what, I'm tr- what I'm trying to say in my, in my rambling way is that what can we do to... In, in th- why this temple room is not full with all the personalities who are around? Is there something less attractive going on inside here, or what is happening? Svimprabhu is, is making the point that we read about the purposes of ISKCON and that um, sometimes it's discouraging to those of us who... Um, travel, especially those I'm kind of putting a little something that we travel around and we see that the temples are not full or maybe there might be circumstances where the things that Prabhupada, when he was here, he started haven't been maintained so why is that? and and what to do? my experience is that we're not hearing these things every day. We're not we're not reading Prabhupada's books every day. That's why we forget. So forgetfulness is in the mode of ignorance. When we forget, it means that we're in the mode of ignorance. So if we read these things every day, I mean, these things, we can read the same things in Krishna consciousness, over and over, you can read Nectar of Instruction, Nectar of Devotion, some of what we call the the beginners, Bhakti Shastri books, over and over, and each time it becomes fresh, you get a deeper dimension to it. As we become purified, our understanding uh, deepens. We're just not doing it, that's why. And why are we doing it? Because we're diverted. Ananyavishaya. We are becoming diverted. The Ganges River is going to, you know, what is that verse in Bhagavad Gita? The branches, so many branches on the tree. We're branching out to all these other things because we don't have that strong attack, uh, attraction and, and attachment for, for service of Krishna. I know for myself, there are days where I just have no attraction or attachment for chanting my rounds, and it's, I'm just, okay, well, I know I have to do it, so I'll do it, but I'm not feeling it. (laughs) Yeah. 
So that attraction, because that attraction, and over time, the mode of ignorance will set in and we'll forget and we'll just stop doing it. I mean, yeah, okay, just not to disclose more, but if let's just say, let's all look at our devotional life, especially those of us that have been in the movement for 10, 20, 30 years. If you look back, if you look back to where you were 10, 20 years ago, and then now, you can see that, wow, I was doing things in a certain way, but over time, you know. And that's because we're not doing it every day. That's the only thing I can think of. That's what Prabhupada is saying. Prabhupada said that we cannot negate desire in the, in the purport. We cannot negate attraction, attachment. These are symptoms of the soul. Desire is natural. So, find something that we like to do in Krishna consciousness and, and hopefully it's in one of those nine limbs of devotional service. Travanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu Smaranam, Padasevanam, Archanam. There's so many ways that we can do direct devotional service to Krishna. But I think in this class I was making the point that in the society, in the association of devotees is more important. We can do our own personal sadhana and that needs to be done. Our own bhajan at home, we have our deities, what have you. But the power of devotional service is manifest when it's san kirtan. And Prabhupada Prabhupada wanted this society at least at least while we're here take advantage of the opportunity to do devotional service and and little by little, our attraction will we'll become more attracted. We'll find the sweetness in service to Krishna. We'll find it. Now, while we're here in the in the society of you know, we come to the temple to do service. Make it a very sacred time. You know, like when you come to the temple, this is a sacred time that I'm okay. Even I'm, I'm in so much maya outside that door, but when I come here, let me try to focus my attention that, okay, at least today, Krishna, I'm gonna do five minutes of pure devotional service for you. Just today, five minutes, I'm gonna offer you pure devotional service just for your pleasure. Because that's what this place is meant for. This is a sacred place to come and do service for Krishna. And we do it together. That's the only reason to come to this temple is to do devotional service for Krishna. So, anyone else want to answer? Thank you. <laughs> um, so, as someone that um, has been part of the, you know, has been practicing. Krishna consciousness for so long, how would you say that, or like this is this is what I struggle with, like how do I know that I am giving like enough 
devotional service? How, how do I know that I'm not being selfish knowing that I could do more? Good question. We can all do more. We are <laughs> we're all being, you know, we all have our needs, you know. I think the key there is that mental balance. Because I, I'm also a social worker, I also have studied psychology, and I know that there's uh, there's a level, there's a limit where your mind, you're doing too much austerity, too much, and your mind becomes disturbed. That's that's too much. Yeah. If if you're becoming angry, critical of other people, if you see yourself slipping into that zone, you're probably doing too much. Yeah. To the point where you can maintain, because mode of goodness is 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 encouraged. Whatever you can do in your life and maintain it, that's probably good for you. Yeah. And also, that's that's great. Um, and Miss um, Rosanna, so what would you say? Like, what is the point in which, let's say, you are attempting to, you know, get someone to the side of the aisle? And that person refuses, and you know, but there's this love and and, and there, you know, this respect for this person. Or let let's make an easier example, like so a friend or someone in my family, someone that you know, you have had you know multiple experiences with and whatnot, and you see yourself evolving towards this direction, and but and you, and you are definitely willing to bring this person as well. Um, but the person's not willing to. And I understand that, of course, you know, each of us decide the path that we, you know, um, that we want to undertake and whatnot. But, like, how do I, like, how do I get rid of my feeling of, like, guilt, if that makes any sense? Of course, yes. Guilt is a difficult emotion, yeah. I don't know. Because ultimately, I feel like I, you know, I surrendered Krishna, so that's enough. You know, like that should be like yeah. I am doing what, like what I believe is, you know, it's it's of service. But there's still like, you know, like there's a feeling of like maybe I'm not trying too too hard, or maybe I'm not doing enough. This sounds a little bit to me what we call uh, negative self-talk. I think guilt guilt and negative self-talk and these kind of cognitive distortions kind of maybe in the same category. Uh, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. Um, Krishna, in the, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, 11th canto, uh, I don't remember who's speaking, but there is a verse that says that um, my devotee should remain happy and execute devotional service. And we also hear that in Bhagavad Gita. Susukam kartam avyayam. Kartam, sukam kartam. That devotional service is done in a, in a positive, happy frame of mind. Krishna is more pleased with that. Krishna doesn't see the bad like we do. Krishna actually only accepts what you offer him. He actually doesn't see the rest. He doesn't take that into consideration. He's madhu, like 
Kunti called him today. O Madhu. Madhu means sweet, like honeybee. Another word for his honeybee. So Krishna is like the honeybee. He actually only takes the devotional service that you offer him, and he's pleased with that. So as long as... So, you know, guilt, negative self-talk, that's really, that's material things. That's our own. That doesn't serve Krishna. He doesn't accept that. That's on the material platform. What he does accept is susukam kartumavivam. He accepts what we offer to him with love and devotion. So, even if it's only five minutes a day... (laughs) Literally, you know, so just focus on what you can do. I think that's more healthy. And I'm talking to myself, even as I say this. Let's focus on what we can do. And over time, we will see it will increase. We will see it increase. His mode of goodness, what we can maintain, try to do that. And then we'll see over time that it will increase. I think what, what stood out from the beginning of, of what I could recall is that we naturally have desires and attractions and we just have to change the objective. And so we're naturally going to have that because sometimes you think, well, how do I know I'm not being selfish or how, how do I know I'm not doing this devotional service and then offering it? Um, and so I'm like, and then you're asking about, uh, he was just asking about, you know, um, about, if you're giving enough or doing enough, which kind of re- kind of reminded me of just that thought of you know, you know, when do you know that it's actual devotional service, like uh, selflessly, and for Krishna and not for yourself, or just knowing the difference, being that we're so conditioned and so driven by our senses, and even if if we our intentions are to do our best and focus to offer it all to Krishna and do it for Krishna without any fruitive results. Um, he's asking, like, how do you know? Or when do we know? Or how do we know? But the thought of no matter what, we're going to have these attractions and desires. And so just focusing on on Krishna or changing those objectives, you know, it's just an interesting perspective on on how do we meditate or focus on that or what kind of exercises can can lead us to where we are just doing that um yes this is a nice reflection that and devotee prays like that too that how can i when will that that's what we were reading when will that day come when will that day come when i can do more for you krishna that's that's a good prayer the other thing that came to mind too is uh you mentioned that um I, I'm not sure how you worded it but doing service for devotees is even more in some ways than serving the lord or something like that. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it's better to serve the devotees than the, than Krishna directly. That's a fact. Something to think about. <laughs> Okay, thank you for everyone. Nice discussions. Enter Shrimad Bhagavata.